Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Uh, good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy game show of answering questions and questioning answers. I am your host, Spencer Hamilton, and tonight's theme is going to be France. Woo! Please, hold your applause. <laughs> I know we're all very excited for, for this country. Uh, let's meet our team, starting with the team to my left. Do we have a team name? Yes, our team name is? Uh, the Eiffel Tower. I hardly knew her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't deliver that well enough. Try, try it again. Should I try it again? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. It's no. Hmm? Never mind. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, my God. We've already burned too much time. Uh, let's meet our individual players, starting with the far end. Uh, my name is Sammy Tamimi, and my favorite French film is Amélie. Uh, my name is Jason Wiemet, and uh, my last name is French. <laughs> so you're a ringer, right? You'll know all the questions? Yes. Okay. My name's Madison Kirby, and I can't tell the difference between French fries and freedom fries, so... Whoa. <laughs> There is no difference. Not here. All right, let's uh, get our team name uh, over here on the right. Uh, hello, our team name is? Uh, our team name is Ha 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 Wee Wee Bon Bon. Okay, and I see we've, we've brought some props here for this uh, French episode. Yeah, so feel free to uh, manger de la baguette, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Feel free to munch on a baguette. Okay, That's thanks. That's what he said. And uh, who are our players? So Hello, je m'appelle Johnny. <laughs> Say to. Now, Johnny, you actually speak French, is that uh, correct? Yeah, I, I speak a little French. When will you speak some French? Maintenant, mon ami. <laughs> Soon, my friend. Nope. <laughs> now. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I did my best. Uh, so your name is Johnny. Great. Yes. And next to Johnny is... Hi, I'm Ashley Victoria, um, and according to 23andMe, I'm more French than anything else. <gasps> oh, interesting. Awesome. And finally... Hi, I'm Travis Donahue, and I have been to France, and it's, it's something. <laughs> okay, I think I know what team is going to win. Uh, let's, but let's start with the losing team. Uh, Eiffel Tower, I hardly knew her. This will be a question for you. Now, to us Americans, the stereotypical French person wears a red and white striped shirt with a beret on top of their head and carries a sack of baguettes. The baguette is defined as a thin loaf of French bread, not to be confused with a breadstick, which is served in unlimited fashion at Olive Garden. (laughs) Olive Garden's slogan is, when you're here, you're family, which is great, because sometimes the family business can get into trouble. In 2014, Starboard Value, an activist hedge fund, bought a majority of Olive Garden founder Bill Darden's stock and produced a 294-page report of all the ways the restaurant chain was cutting costs. From these reports, what common practice did Olive Garden stop doing to save money? All right, what do we think here? What uh, common practice did Olive Garden stop doing to save money? 
Uh, well, Olive Garden, one of the things they did, which was kind of scummy, is that they stopped serving uh, butter and other condiments unless you specifically ask for it. Like, you know, some restaurants during the summer won't bring out water unless you ask for water. They stopped bringing out condiments uh, unless you specifically asked for them. Okay. So no ketchup for your spaghetti, no... <laughs> They might be doing you a favor if that was the case. <laughs> uh, Johnny, you and I went to Olive Garden last night. We did, yeah. Yeah. How, how are you feeling today? Um, bad, but... <laughs> Worse than usual? Yes. Yeah, yeah. same, same. Okay. I have, um, a, I have a question for Johnny. Sure. This might be out of, out of turn, but what did you eat at Olive Garden? I had the mushroom ravioli. Mm. And Spencer? I had the uh, seafood Alfredo. Mm. Oh, both it's delicious dishes. <laughs> Why do I feel like it's a risk getting seafood at Olive Garden? <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. I just needed one, one day to recover. So after today, I'll be okay. <laughs> do we have any other questions for the, uh, the team over here? What's your favorite menu item at Olive Garden? Unlimited soup and salad. That was uh, when, when my wife and I... Sorry. When my wife and I first started... Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Dating... We were young and had not a lot of money, and we pretty much every date was the unlimited soup salad breadsticks at Olive Garden. It's legit dope. Yeah. The tomatoes with that Italian dressing. I, I would describe Olive Garden as legit dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Johnny, and, do you feel like these uh, these dates where you were barely getting by and just kind of getting, mm-hmm. you know eating bread and soup and whatnot? Did it bring you closer in your relationship? Well, yeah. When we were there, we were family. And then <laughs> okay. years and years later, okay. we went to the courthouse and made it official. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Was that uh, they, they don't give you condiments unless you ask for them? No, it's a lie. Okay. Yeah. What do we think yeah. the real answer is? I mean, we, they, they char- like you get the first um, basket of breadsticks like free with your order, but then they charge for subsequent baskets. <gasps> that would be scandalous. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, they just stopped adding salt oh, to their what? pasta water. Yeah. So normally, normally when you cook pasta... It's got to be salty like the sea. It's got to be real sea salty. Yeah, but uh, they stopped doing it because they wanted the uh, warranty on their cooking pots to last longer. Oh, wow. wow. That's wow. brilliant. That is... And that's why you should go with the unlimited soup and salad. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't worry about the salt. Yeah. All right, this is a question for... Hon, 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 wee, wee, bon, bon. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, snails, or as they say in France, escargot. Oh. This dish proves that even something that looks as unappetizing as the slimy garden snail can be a delicacy if you cover it in enough butter and garlic to hide its awful texture and taste. In Japan, though, the term escargot was an entirely different product. It was only available for two years and could only be purchased through special appointments with the maker. What was Japan's version of escargot? And I'll tell you right now, it's not food. What do we think? What was Japan's version of escargot? Uh, uh, Japan, like many, many countries, um, likes to be a leader in, in certain products. And one of the things they excel in is, is beauty products. And oh. so for a while, uh, their version of escargot was actually a, a face mask or a face cream, uh, like, like an Olay type uh, you know, cream that you would put on your face for facials that um, was made out of ground-up snails, among other like garden variety you would come animals or bugs, but like grubs, slugs, other things. Um, but they did take it off the market because 
out of more than 50% of the trials, there was some sort of rash developed, but that wasn't seen until people were readily, or like buying it more often than not at stores. So they had a bigger sample size. Yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. So Travis, could you name some of the other products they made and maybe give us some names? Because it sounds like you're very familiar with this. Oh, some of the other products made by Japan in general? Oh, or just, no, the, the facial beauty. Sony. Uh, <laughs> you've got your sake, you've got your sushi. Um, made by, by beauty companies. Yeah. Um, we, you've got, uh, what is that called? Um, uh, Tonyon, which is, uh, it's a type of, it's, it's a type of sea salt rub that Also you, sounds like a soup, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken, Tonyon. Oh, oh. Clearly you with, are. <laughs> You're clearly not familiar with Japanese soup culture, but uh, <laughs> Tonyon was a, a foot rub that was meant to uh, eliminate, it's kind of like an Epsom salt, so you would put it in the bath, or kind of like a pet egg type thing, where you would rub it on your feet, and it was supposed to get rid of dead skin. So. Sorry, a what? Dead, a, like a, a pet egg. And what is a pet egg? Pet egg is that little thing, like the as-seen-on-TV thing, that it's like a, a motorized, um, you, you turn it on, it's kind of like a... Please not make that it hand grinds motion. the calluses off your nasty feet. It's called it an exfoliation tool, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Sorry. Ashley. Uh, Thank Travis, you. have these products worked for you? You seem extremely knowledgeable, and so I just want to Travis is 85 experience. years old. <laughs> yes. Not the pet egg, though. The not Tom the Yum soup scrub and it is those not, things. You've got to stop confusing soup and beauty products. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, had yeah, I've, I've had personally very good experiences with them. Um, the, uh, one particular case, uh, it was before prom, and I had not the biggest zit you've ever seen, but about a medium-sized zit. And, um, you know, you covered it enough Tanyan, and it really just... <laughs> It gives it not only Did you a say sheen. Tanyan? Tanyan. <laughs> Tanya? No, it's Tanyan. Spencer, we think they're lying. <laughs> I think that's fair. What, what was Japan's version of escargot? Escargot uh, was actually a small car rental company where you could show up to... I don't know why you find this so funny, Tom Yum I don't, no. I... Um, where you could show up to uh, the car renters for appointment, obviously for insurance purposes, and you were able to get your small car as a rental, kind of like America's zip car. Mm. That is... Surprisingly accurate. Yay! Oh my god! Uh, it was a terrible car. From 1989 to 1991, Nissan produced an unholy hybrid style vehicle that combined the utility and power of a go kart, the maneuverability of a minivan, and the aesthetic of an ice cream truck. And they called it the S Cargo. Yeah, that's right. The S Cargo. Very, 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 uh, yeah. I stand by my answer. You can see one parked outside uh, when I leave. Yeah, you, you drive one, right? If, yeah, if anyone needs a ride home, I just need addresses. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eiffel Tower, I hardly knew her. The French people have a proud history of rulers who absolutely hated the people's guts. Maybe none more so than Queen Marie Antoinette, who famously uttered, let them eat cake. Or did she? What food did Mar- that, that could have been a question, but you weren't quick enough. What food did Marie Antoinette actually allegedly tell the French peasants to eat? No, no, I no crosstalk, please. What, uh, what food did Marie Antoinette actually tell the peasants to eat? Bread. <laughs> Thank-, <laughs> Thank you. 
can we be a little bit more specific just for the sake of historical accuracy? Bread implies a lot of different things. Bread's types of not bread. really specific. <laughs> <laughs> Was it I, rye? Was it pumpernickel? I could classify bagels as a bread if I had to, you know. Well, being Marie Antoinette was from the upper crust of society. Uh, uh, She was probably referring to the uh, white flour type bread, the light bread that peasants would not have access to uh, just because, you know, they're poor. Does it have a name? The type of bread? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably just the richer bread. Richer rich, bread. Richer bread. Richer bread. Richard bread. Richer bread is my father. <laughs> if I was to make a guess, I'd say baguette. Baguette. <laughs> uh, and it was misinterpreted to be cake because it was a very rich kind of bread. Mm. And also because mm. people are trifling gossipers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, they just hated her guts, you know? Anyway. <laughs> Marie. <laughs> oh, you're pro Marie Antoinette. She's, she's a Marie apologist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> What is your favorite Kirsten Dunst movie? Why did you ask that? Small Soldiers. Dunst. Wasn't she Marie Antoinette? <laughs> yes. she? I don't know. Yeah. That, She's yeah. in a new Spider-Man show for Showtime. Good answer. No, spa- Small Soldiers was the correct answer, and no one gave me the credit it deserves. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. I'll give you points for that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying Kirsten oh, Dunst. Oh, yeah. Is... She's in this new show for Showtime called On Becoming a God in Central Florida, and it rules. It's about pyramid schemes, and I love it. It's so good. Okay. Uh, where are you from? Me? Oh, Central Florida. <laughs> so you're biased. Um, yes. Also, if anyone here wants to join uh, my company, I'll give you the product to sell, and then you'll be part of my upstream. Was it, was it Avon or Herbalife or... Well, on the show? No, for you. For me? Oh. Um, what am I buying into? I am not 100% certain that my father was not involved in some sort of multi-level marketing. Truly. Truly. Uh, we could talk later. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm interested. I, I want to make some money now. Um, was anyway, it I, have a, I, I, could, I can give you a lot of specifics okay. <laughs> well, about how my father did not make money. Well... <laughs> On the shoulders of giants, I'll, I'll stand and maybe I can make some money. Uh, do we think it was bread? Is that what she uh, told the peasants to eat? Um, yes and no. <laughs> okay. You're close. But what she did, in fact, say was, qu'il mange de la brioche, specifically brioche bread, which is uh, like, it's got eggs and usually um, milk proteins in it. And so it's it, light it is, and rich. It's, it's, well, light and rich are opposite. Both light and rich, Sammy, all right? Uh, Johnny, you're exactly right, down to the, uh, the, uh, the phrase she said. Very good. Um, well, can I just say that brioche is a bread? It so is a... in the way that a square is also a rectangle, uh-huh. we should get some points. I'll take that into consideration. We'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the show. Hey, Spencer? Uh, yes, Jason? Can those points that you gave me for small soldiers, can you instead give that to my team? Sure, I can do that, Jason. Thank you. That's very magnificent. Things got real all of a sudden. Yeah. He's no longer generous in giving. He's become a Marie Antoinette. Oh. <laughs> Let uh, them have brioche. <laughs> oh, that's so kind of you. Ho, 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 wee, wee, bon, bon. France is known for its cultural imports. Red wine, fine cheese, and of course, the French electronic music duo known as Daft Punk. Besides its sick jams, the group's biggest draw is its iconic look, a pair of robot costumes featuring flashing lights and futuristic helmets. That unique appearance has made Daft Punk instantly recognizable, whether they're on stage or appearing on national TV commercials. For what brand did Daft Punk first appear in a TV ad?
right. What company was a Daft Punk shield for first? Volkswagen. Cool. Uh, what, do you remember the commercial? What, what, how was Daft Punk used in this commercial? Could you describe it? They were just riding around in a car. Just having fun? Yeah. Bopping. Bopping the heads. Are you thinking of like... You know that we are Daft Punk. Is that the Great America thing where the old the old man with the bald head would dance like a creep? Six Flags commercial? No, 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 no. It's Bang Boys. Definitely, it was definitely Daft Punk. Could you sing that song again? Bum 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 Daft Punk. Bum 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 Daft Punk. Because we are Daft Punk. You know you want a Daft Punk. That's definitely a Six Flags commercial. Like for sure. Do you guys remember that commercial that had those hamsters? Oh yeah. That was Scion. That's a good. It's just a thing I remembered right now, and I just wanted to share. Actually, I think that was Kia Soul. Oh, it was a Kia. Yeah, it was a Kia Soul. Damn it! What's your favorite song that's ever been in a car commercial? Because. I think the the hamsters danced to uh, LMFAO, right? Did. Oh, did they? Yeah, party Rock. Party Rock. Uh, party rock yeah. yeah, that's what it was. They got out. And- uh, <laughs> my I mean, favorite is probably the entire Led Zeppelin discography. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is my favorite song, but wasn't there one where Sting is in a car and he's singing like a really sad song? Sting the musician or Sting the wrestler? Sting the musician. Okay. <laughs> he was like just staring out of a... A car at the rain as it yeah. winded its way through the Irish countryside, and he's singing like his real sad song. I'm like, no one's gonna want to buy this car. They'll want to commit suicide. <laughs> it was a, it was a Yugo commercial. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Is it Volkswagen? No. No. Well, we think they're great. <laughs> yeah, Volkswagen? the team are Volkswagen <laughs> or Def Punk? Both. Okay. Uh, what do you think the actual uh, company was that they uh, did advertisements for? Uh, Apple. Okay. Do you, do you, can I, do you guys remember uh, Dennis the Menace, the movie? I do remember Dennis the Menace, the movie. Do you remember the scene in when the little boy's in the backyard and he has an apple in his hand and then the, the bad guy comes walking through the alley and he goes, hey, kid, what you got? And the kid lifts up his apple and he goes, uh, apple? No, I don't remember that. Oh, it was great. Watch it again, guys. <laughs> okay, we'll do. No, the, actual, the, the, the company was The Gap, actually. What? Yeah. The Gap? So in 2001, the duo donned denim and danced to their song Digital Love along with actress Juliette Lewis. And since it was from 2001, you know that it was really, really super lame. Uh, Lewis was wearing a beret and Daft Punk was wearing dad jeans. And I implore you to look up this commercial. It's, it makes me very sad to watch the commercial. Is this post... 9-11? I don't know. Uh, the swing, like where they, it, they're all dancing like with just a white background. Oh, got to be. Time. Um, it, it is a lot. Of, it's, it's a white background for sure, and they're just dancing like idiots. Since Gap and Apple share two letters, can we get two points? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can do that for you. Thank you. What? Uh, all right. Uh, this is a question for Eiffel Tower. I hardly knew her. The Channel Tunnel, or Chunnel, as the kids call it, is an engineering marvel connecting England, Belgium, the Netherlands, and France via the Eurostar train system. While trains started operating in 1994, the project was first conceived almost 200 years earlier. In 1802, Albert Matthew Favier, a French mining engineer, proposed a tunnel system between France and the UK that would use oil lamps, horse-drawn carriages, and a safety system for providing fresh air and drainage that was decades ahead of its time. There was a problem, though. In 1802, they actually did have the technology to pull off the tunnel and the majority of the required innovations, but there was one thing they'd have to build that was far beyond the abilities of 19th century engineers. What feature of the first tunnel proposal caused the plan to be scrapped? Uh, 
All right, what do we think? What was the uh, what was the feature of the first Trump proposal that caused the plan to be scrapped? Uh, they didn't have the uh, diamond encrusted driller that they needed. Well, but like really, the driller to go underground and dig the hole. Mm. They didn't have that kind of like the muscle. big old borers you would see to make subways. Yeah. Sure. So the 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 one thing really. Yeah. <laughs> They had well, but, everything they needed except for the thing that makes the tunnel. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. everything else is, just exists up here already except for the tunnel part. Well, they, they knew they had the plans. They knew what they wanted to do. They just were missing the one key thing to make it happen. Kind of like interplanetary uh, flight. We have the idea. We have the plans. We're just lacking a really good engine. Was there a specific reason that they needed like a special diamond encrusted drill? Was Is the earth in France not regular? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the it's earth bejeweled. in France. Yeah. The, it's, it's bejeweled. It's bejeweled. It's fancy. Mm-hmm. I heard there was just corpses down there. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, the, the catacombs? Yeah. It's bejeweled bodies, okay? <laughs> and they needed a diamond to cut the diamond. That's how they all died, because they ate a bunch of gems. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know any better. They didn't yeah. know She said better. eat bread, and they just start going for the rocks. Yeah. I see. Y'all lying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what tipped you off, but... Um, <laughs> What, what, what do you think the, uh, the real answer is if it wasn't a giant drill? Well, obviously, because we have spoken about it several times and we're only on, what, question four, there was supposed to be um, units equipped to provide Francians with fresh baked bread on every car. And they were like, this is a fire hazard. This is dangerous. So they was like, man, we can't. And it was a whole thing because they really wanted that to happen. So they didn't have, like, portable bread ovens. Work, that... Yeah, workers They did, need but they made the cars too hot. <laughs> I see. The cars were too hot. And they would, they would explode, <laughs> which is dangerous. So just to be clear, a drill is crazy. <laughs> it's that they didn't have bread <laughs> ovens in the cars. No, no, That's no, 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 where no, we're... No, 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 no. <laughs> this, The diamond-encrusted bodies buried under France is crazy. Let's be very clear. <laughs> is this the hill you want to die on? <laughs> <laughs> I want to die under one of those hills. Yeah, because I'm I did like the French. Yeah. Full uh, of gems. No, uh, um, believe it or not, neither team was, uh, was right on this wow. one. It was actually an island. Oh. Yeah, that's right. So as lovely as riding a horse-drawn carriage through a damp, dimly lit cave might be, eventually those horses are going to need a rest and some fresh air. So to keep both the horses and their passengers from dying, the plan required the construction of a small island right in the middle of the English Channel. They'd basically have to build a 500-foot tall hill underwater and then put a stable on top of it. So, <laughs> Where'd the horses come from? Did I miss that part of the question? <laughs> yes, you missed that part yeah, of the did. question. Cool. Okay. <laughs> is there a palm tree on the island? Uh, just... there, there is now that we have the technology. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hon, hon, hon. Wee, wee, bon, bon. Arguably the best French basketball player of all time is this man. Anybody know? Daniel Spurs. Daniel Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley just did a spit take. Uh, it was not Sammy Tamimi this time. That's so funny. <laughs> Spencer, can you give can you give a, can you give Ashley some points for that so genuine sorry. spit take? I'll give Ashley some points for the spit take. I'll give her teammate Johnny points for, for causing it. What a, what a great moment that we all shared together. Ashley, I'd like to welcome you to the club of people who've done spit yeah, takes Sammy on the show. Sammy did a spit take last week and then a couple weeks before that. Has the answer already been said? The answer has been said. It was Daniel Spurs. Very, very good. The, the giveaway was the picture on the PowerPoint. He has his, uh, his name right there on his jersey. Uh, but his, his alias, <laughs> Daniel Spurs' alias is Tony Parker. 
guy. Now, Tony Parker is a four-time NBA <laughs> champion, winning all four titles as the point guard of the San Antonio Spurs. And in case we miss it, this guy's French. Just that's why we're talking about this guy. Uh, Daniel Spurs also has, according to basketballreference.com, arguably the worst nickname in the history of sports. Any guesses? Dan, yeah, Daniel Spurs. Daniel Spurs, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, his nickname apparently is the Fiery Francophile. It's a very, very bad nickname. The Fiery Francophile? Yeah, Even though right. he's French? You can love your own country. He's, he's a Francophone. Yeah, he is, that's right. Uh, Tony Parker's career was put in jeopardy, however, in 2012 when he suffered a significant left eye injury in an off-the-court incident. How did Daniel Spurs injure his eye off the court <laughs> in 2012? What do we think? How did Daniel Spurs injure himself, injure, injure his eye? In the offseason in uh, 2012, uh, Tony Parker is an avid fisherman. Who's Tony Parker? T- uh, excuse me, Daniel Spurs. Okay. is uh, Sir Daniel Spurs is an avid uh, fisher person. And uh, during the offseason in 2012, he was uh, in the Caribbean on a, on a fishing trip with some friends. And someone <laughs> cast a little too far back while he was getting a beverage of the cooler. And actually hooked uh, hooked, his, hooked his cornea. Okay. Yeah. Just his cornea, though. Just his cornea. It's a good fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> Very accurate. So you're in the middle of the ocean uh-huh. with your friends. You got a hooked eye. Uh-huh. What is the a medical procedure? What, what do you do in that case? Neosporin. Neosporin. <laughs> Just spray a little neosporin into your open wound eye. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, normally when you throw the hook back and it catches into something, your next thing is to rip it forward. Mm-hmm. So my question is, why didn't the whole eye just come out with the hook? Well, when, you, when you're casting a line, the, <laughs> the, the fishing line isn't, like, engaged yet, so it's just going to go. So the, the rod would move, and then it would just unspool the fishing line, so it would stay in his eye. But mm-hmm. that's according to it happening correctly and you throwing it forward. My guess is if it went around and hooked him in the eye, it's because it was latched. And it was on a short leash, and so it went around. Travis just nodded at your explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then it would have gone around and hooked him. I, you know, I hooked a friend in the lip once, so I know how this goes. Wow. What? And, and did that you, man did you... is now your husband. <laughs> yeah. What, what happened? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. There's no more to that story? You just hooked them in the lip and yeah. went on with your life? Well, I mean, we pulled it out, and then they went to the hospital and got stitches, but it went through the, the cheek. Ooh, did you pull it out, or do you have to... I feel like you got to push it through, because they got put, those... I mean, I walked away. I was embarrassed. Smart, smart. <laughs> As any good spouse does. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my husband. Now, that, that is the procedure. That's not your husband? No, it was my dad's best friend. You married your dad's best friend? <laughs> God. Oh, damn it. Speaking of parents, we were talking about this backstage. Uh, you have a wonderful story, by which I mean horrifying, about your mother and her eye currently going on. Yes, and, uh, you know, this is the same thing that happened to Daniel Spurs, unfortunately. Uh, you guys were right about it happening in the Caribbean, uh, but it was not a fishing trip. It was a snorkeling trip, and uh, he got the bacteria Pseudomonas under his contact, and... Um, it, uh, it's a flesh-eating bacteria, and it actually started eating away his cornea. It went all milky white, and uh, yeah, he had to go to the University of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are laughing, but this is truly what happened to her mom. 
it's actually, actively happening to your mother as yeah, we speak, it, right? No, this is my mom. But she's, <laughs> You've she's been more referring to your mother as he this entire time. <laughs> well, you Daniel Spurs had this, you know. Daniel Spurs is your mom? <laughs> you married Daniel Spurs? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So, but anyway, Daniel Spurs. <laughs> I rest my he case. He went to the University of Miami Hospital, got a super antibiotic, his peripheral vision started coming back, and then he was fine later, which is also going to be the case with my mother. Well, that's very good news. I'll <laughs> give your mom some points. And Daniel Spurs is coming here this Labor Day weekend to visit you, right? Yeah, we're going to go see Hamilton. <laughs> oh, that's great. A lot of similarities between Daniel Spurs and your mother. That's very strange. Uh, no, actually, uh, believe it or not, Daniel Spurs uh, got in the middle of a fight uh, between Drake and Chris Brown. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Daniel Spurs was having a night out at a New York City club in 2012 when Drake and Chris Brown got into a fight over their mutual ex-girlfriend, Rihanna. The fight quickly escalated into both sides throwing bottles at each other, and one of those bottles broke near Parker, and shards of glass got in his left eye. And they actually thought they were going to have to remove the eye, but he actually uh, went on to make a full recovery, and he won another championship with the Spurs in 2014. I, I have a question about your just your explanation just there. Didn't did Drake and Rihanna date? Uh, or was that always the joke that Drake wanted to date Rihanna? They but. did not date. You are so correct, and I thought the same thing. Oh, interesting. I guess I'm going to fire a Don't writer. Don't attach her to that man. <laughs> Don't attach her to that emotionally manipulative, abusive man. Thank Don't you. you dare. She's better than that. Fair enough. Can we both get points? Sure, I'll give you both points for that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, and in the meantime, uh, Eiffel Tower, I hardly knew her. France is home to great art, delicious food, and love-crazed skunks. All Pepe Le Pew wants is to find love, but his awful odor hurts his chances. That and the fact that he comes on way too strong. If he were real, he would have absolutely been canceled by now. But the skunk's odor is awful, truly nauseating to anyone who gets sprayed. However, in the early 1900s, People were demanding skunk oil. What does skunk oil do? Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of this around you. All right, what do we think here? What does skunk oil do? Uh, much like ambergris, which is uh, whale vomit, it's like ambergris. It is pronounced ambergris. Thank you. Ambergris. I'm not French. Sorry. Points for ambergris. Uh, so, like, in large, it's pure concentrated form. It's horrible. But skunk oil, when you water it down, it becomes an aphrodisiac. Okay. Which is part of the reason that, you know, Pepe Le Pew is so Amorous. randy. <laughs> Amorous. Is, is it an aphrodisiac uh, specific to men or women or both? I just want to state for the record, Ashley Victoria has a lovely podcast where she talks about many issues, and I feel like she's about to interrogate the hell out of us. You have a podcast um, where you talk I, I about don't. issues. I, I, wait, I thought you were a guest on a podcast about sexuality. Am I crazy? I might have been like a guest. Yeah. I do a lot of sex stuff. I, I just want well, to we say, all do a lot of sex stuff. We're well, all cool. Well, she has a show. I get paid for it. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to my question. Yeah. I just want to say that an aphrodisiac uh, operates on a spectrum. <laughs> and so it can arouse certain people, maybe not. You know, you can be on the one side of the scale where that gets you hot and bothered, and the other side where you could take it or leave it. Uh, uh, <laughs> our, our, uh, Johnny's affected by is, the aphrodisiac. This is maybe a, a dumb question, but I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> are aphrodisiacs, like, real because that, to me, what you just described kind of, to me, feels like 
literally anything. Some things make people horny and some things don't. Right. Like, sure. Uh, well, I won't give examples, but sure. Yeah, like I oysters. If you're asking if aphrodisiacs are real or not, I guess I'd have to do a placebo test. It's kind of like, are you down for it from the jump or not? You know? So you need to do a double-blind study on aphrodisiacs. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like sex panther. You know, 60% of the time it works every time. What is sex panther? It's from Anchorman. It's from Anchorman. <laughs> it's a cologne from the 70s. It's got real bits of panther in it. <laughs> so you know it's good. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. We love Anchorman. <laughs> like y'all are real close and like y'all guessed and y'all tried. Okay. Job. Thank you. We'll um, take that. But definitely it was used to help men with erectile dysfunction because that's why anybody does anything. That there. is true. Uh, you're sort of close. Uh, it was used as a healing balm. So I don't know. What do you think? It, it, it was broken and it, they mm-hmm. wanted to fix yeah. it. It fixed their love. Ha ha. I, I feel like I said hot boners was our answer. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't, it was. Just remember it that it was. Hot boners. Hot boners, uh, okay. Hey, Doc, my boners have been pretty cold lately. <laughs> you got anything for me? Oh, <laughs> uh-huh, skunk oil. <laughs> All right. Uh, unfortunately, for the competent law enforcement officers in France, the most famous French policeman is Inspector Jacques Clouseau, the lead character of the Pink Panther films. Inspector Clouseau has been played by a number of actors, but the character was originated by Peter Sellers in 1963. Curiously, Clouseau was never intended to be the main character of the Pink Panther. Rather, it was supposed to be the jewel thief Clouseau was chasing, Sir Charles Lytton, played by the actor David Niven. But Sellers' improvisations on the set were so funny and compelling that the movie was reworked after it was shot to be about Clouseau. This added insult to injury for David Niven, as he had also gotten hurt on set during his role as a jewel thief. What injury did David Niven suffer on the set of The Pink Panther? What do we think here? What injury did David Niven suffer on the set of the Pink Panther? There's a scene in the movie where the jewel thief is is um what is it? Uh, not, uh like opening a, a door. That's it. <laughs> repelling. Thank you. The jewel thief is repelling from a window, and uh, David Niven did all his own stunts. And so as he was repelling, he dropped further than he should have and uh, broke his. It's either either his right or his left ankle. I can't remember. His one so from the opening scene of the Pink Panther, yes, he hurt himself from the jump. Yes. They don't shoot them in order. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just think, I just think it's very... Well, I, I, actually, that's a very fine point. But I think it's just... I'm thinking he's reaching from just watching the movie and just remembering the opening part of the movie and going with the first thing he remembers with David Niven in it. My man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does seem trustworthy. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Guys, I think they're telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Sammy, you went to film school, right? Yes, I did, for a whole year. So you should be aware of how filming works, right? They don't, yes, they don't necessarily I, I, go in order. I'm, I'm, I'm casting aspersions on how he's recalling this information. I think he's what, reaching... What was the name of the film school you went to, Sammy, if that is your God-given name? <laughs> it is, unfortunately. Uh, it is NYU Tisch School of the Arts. Sammy, do you not like your name? Well, it's spelt wrong. It is? Yes, my father is Palestinian, my mother is Filipino, they're both immigrants, uh-huh. and when I was born, 
my father wanted my name to be S-A-M-I. Sure. And my mother misunderstood and made my name S-A-M-M-Y. I see. Wow. Which is kind of fine because otherwise my name would be S-A-M-I-T-A-M-I-M-I. And that's just a lot of eyes with <laughs> hearts over it. I think that sounds cool. You should change it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too late. Uh, in my emails that everyone sends me, they spell my name wrong anyways, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyways, they're lying. They're lying, okay. <laughs> what do you think the injury actually was? Well, he hurt his pee-pee <laughs> um, during a fencing match. <laughs> he got a case of hot boner. Yeah. No, cold boner. Cold, cold boner. <laughs> it went cold real quick. Well, let me, let, me, let me put a pin in your answer for the minute, okay. and let me, let me read what I have on my, my, my page here. Uh, so he, he got frostbite. Cold, Cold boner. <laughs> One of the scenes of the movie involves his character skiing, and he practiced the day before the shoot in the costume he was meant to wear during the scene. The costume was much too thin, however, and he suffered frostbite on what he called his, quote, pale blue acorn. So cold he boner. had a cold boner. Why would cold he boner. call it that? Uh, maybe because he's a... <laughs> A masochist, or wow. I don't know. Well, I have a real Maybe question. Maybe as a micro penis. He might. Why? So there was this movie, <laughs> not shot in order, and then there's also the cartoon. Yes. Yes. What do they have to do with each other? The theme song. Is that literally it? Probably. Well, and the it, name. It's pretty sure. much it because there is a detective trying to catch the Pink Panther who's up to shenanigans, and there is a French uh, subordinate who speaks. Uh, I want to say. Italian or Spanish, because like, uh, go get that for me. See. <laughs> and the cartoon was better uh, for advertising purposes, you know, and repurposing characters yeah. to sell like insulation. It definitely makes me want to eat fiberglass for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. All right, Eiffel Tower. I hardly knew her. This is your uh, your last question. French wine comes in so many varietals: Bordeaux, Cabernet Sauvignon, mm. boxed. But did you know it also comes in many sizes? The standard size of a bottle is 750 milliliters, yep. but one and a half liters, in other words, two standard bottles, is called a magnum. Yep. Three liters is, of course, a double magnum. Four and a half liters is? Four and a half magnum. A Jeroboam, that's right. What are the names of 12, 15, and 18 liter bottles of wine? And if you get any of these correct, I will give you points. All right, what do we think? What do we call 12, 15, and 18-liter bottles of right. wine? Each of us will take a size, starting with the 12-liter size. Uh, grandmama. Grandmama. And the 15 is called Steve. Okay. <laughs> and the 18-liter is uh, La Grand Emperor Barrel. Okay, that sounds real. Um, so how did they come up with these names? They, not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Most French grandmamas, uh, as with my own, um, are severe alcoholics. <laughs> and um, it just was in honor of them and their love of uh, the juice. <laughs> and there wasn't a real system because you got to think during that time as technology, I won't call it boxing technology, but like packaging technology improved and they could make more wine and store more wine. They were kind of coming up with these names on the fly. They weren't having a system already in place. And a guy named Phil just really liked the name Steve. <laughs> so he wasn't named Steve. He just liked. He just the really name. liked that name. Okay. 
Sounds like we're telling the truth. Give us points. <laughs> Johnny, how do you say grandmama in uh, French? I mean, you like, grandmère yeah. is just grandmother. I mean, yeah. Gra- cool. Grandmama, maybe, if you want to say, like, grandmommy. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. Okay, well, that's how you do it. Well, do like, it. you know, I call my American grandmother one of them butchie, and that's not American for anything. Why do you call her butchie? You really want to know? Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know. Do yes. you really want yes. to know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to know. Um, because, Can we get a spotlight? Uh, her parents always wished that they had had a son. <gasps> and so they called her Butchie. That's, That's interesting. rude as yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some back baggage there. <laughs> For sure. Uh, when I was a young kid in kindergarten, speaking of changing names, or uh, for one summer... I just arbitrarily decided my name was Don. 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 D-O-N. I was like, I don't know. I to this day, they're like, yeah, you just walk around saying, my name is Don Tamimi. How did that go for you? Did, you, did it feel good? I, I kind of regret it never changed because I feel like I'm a Don now. I'm just an old guy going reminiscing about the old days, and that's such a Don. That's a very do. Don thing to do. Uh, have any of you ever wished you had a different name or had a different name? No, no. I love my name. Yeah. Uh, my mom gave me the middle name Ray in hopes that people would take the son from Madison and the Ray from my middle name and call me Sunny because she hated the nickname Maddie. Joke's on her. Everyone calls me Maddie because my name's Madison. So there we go. Not Maddie Ray. Maddie Ray. No. That's uh, insane. Uh, do we think I'd like the you truth? all to call me Steve. I will call you Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Are you telling the truth? Is it Grandmama Steve and Le Grand Jeté or whatever he said? No. Uh, what do we think? Uh, we can go. Let's go down the line, I guess. <laughs> That sounds uh, confident. I don't think there is a 12-liter <laughs> bottle. <laughs> oh, oh. It's, like a, it's like a hotel elevator that skips yeah. to the next one. Yep, there's no 12, there's no 15. The 18-liter is called The God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Wait the- a second, Trav- they said they're going down the line. Travis. Oh, uh, well, you know, we didn't really consult. Uh, didn't... Um- God, man, I can't think of words tonight. We didn't really talk about the answers. They kind of just came up with their own. I was What did say, you talk about? Oh. <laughs> current events. You know, just, po- political also, fear. Just in case it's right, 18 was barrel. Uh, so a 12-liter bottle is called a Balthazar. Ooh. 15 liters is a Nebuchadnezzar. And oh. 18 is called a Solomon, though I, of course, would have also accepted a Melchior. Oh, wow. Melchior. Solomon wow. sounds like the name of a god. Uh, they are names from the Bible, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Which has a god in it. I just feel like I should get some The Bible points. does have a god in it. Points. points. <laughs> just one. Hard to, uh, there is Famously. Famously, there is one god in the Bible. Uh, okay, this is our last question. It's for ha-ha-ha-wee-wee-bum-bum. The Tour de France, which is French for the Tour of France. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> hey. Are you sure? is a 23-day bike race across the beautiful French countryside and occasionally other nearby countries. Something close to that is the Iditarod Trail Sled Dog Race, where teams of mushers and their 14 dogs race across Alaska in a 15-day event. On the outside, these two events have little in common, but when you get to the nitty-gritty, they share at least one trait. Beside the dogs doping, what does the Tour de France and the Iditarod share? What do we think? What do the Tour de France and the Iditarod have in common? Um, the unfortunate 
really unfortunate fact that they share is that someone dies, at least one person dies in each of them every year. They have to? <laughs> it's, it's mandatory? Uh, that's, that's really funny that you said that, but not at all. Um, it just, that, that just happens to be one of the uh, dark consequences of the race each Travis, year, we so. don't want to make light of this issue. Can you give us some examples of... Uh, I mean, the Iditarod is very easy to figure out how you die in a sled race... Mm-hmm. Eaten by in, dogs. In, in Alaska, but how do you die on a Tour de France? Can you give some examples from Eaten the many by years? Dogs. <laughs> Are these sacrificial? Take it. No, not at all. It's, you know... It, it's an extremely, it's, it's, an, it's an honor and a privilege to ride in the Tour de France and people push themselves really hard when they shouldn't. Like old people are like, you know, I've lived this long. I might die tomorrow. I got to get a Tour de France in. So old people are just <laughs> entering the Tour de France. They got to get one in real quick. They got to live strong, right? And, yeah. you know, people with heart conditions, undiagnosed. Our condition? <laughs> Heart condition. Oh, heart question, though. Don't they probably have to, like, test into it? They like, don't. Surprisingly well, yeah, little testing going on in the uh, Tour de France. Well, citizens born in France can just enter. Oh, they, they can just to. enter. Yeah, no, it's, it's a national privilege. Oh, it's their streets yeah. is local to them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys ever hear about that thing where the, someone was trying to win a car and the whole thing was you had to drink the most water and then they died? Yes. They were actually, they were trying, it was, uh, the contest was hold your Wii, Wii for, for a Wii. Wii. It was the Nintendo Wii they were trying to win. Oh. But otherwise, yes, they did die from holding in their oh water. Oh, my God. And that was an episode of that 70s show. In my hometown, oh, right. they had right. a thing called the Milk Chug Race. And what's the Milk Chug Race? Everyone who signed up had to chug a gallon of milk. It was during the summer. <laughs> they had to get it all down, and then they had to run a mile and go through an obstacle course. Yes. What did you win? Oh, just bragging rights until the next year. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, uh, another gallon so of milk disgusting. once you threw Most up the first it, one. you know, didn't get to the race because they're just barfing everywhere. That's but also that's terrible for no reason. Sebastian yeah. River. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the Florida <laughs> national sport. <laughs> uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Someone mandatorily dies every year? Um, that's Can I, you know, it's not that's mandatory. Sad. It's purely coincidental. Hey, Spencer. Yes. Before we give our answer, can I tell a quick story? Man, I've been waiting all show for you to tell a story. When I was a kid um, on the street in, in where I grew up, uh, it was on like sort of an incline. Thank you. And uh, we used to uh, like race each other, like two kids on a bike, and then we'd get like our rollerblades or our skateboards or whatever, and we'd race behind them by tying like a rope around like the bike, and then we'd race down the hill, and whoever won uh, received bragging rights until the next race, which was minutes later. <laughs> and um, I was racing this kid that I called Pork Chop. And he... Did you say you were raising this kid? Yeah, he was my son and also a friend. Um, and I named him Porkchop. Was Chop. he okay with you calling him Porkchop? Because that sounds mean. Uh, he was, yeah. It was just like a weird nickname we gave him. Um, and he was okay with it. Um, we're still Facebook friends. And um, he fell. And uh, when I was racing him, he fell and skidded up his whole knee. And like his knee, like all this pus started coming out. Um, and blood. Right then and there? Yeah, just straight to pus. <laughs> just immediately to pus. Um, That's my favorite Sum Forty One album. <laughs> straight to pus. Yeah. And um, they, uh, uh, my brother ran inside my ma's, uh, my house and got my ma, who's a nurse, and she came out and put a towel on his knee and said, "You have to go to the hospital." A week later, he brought that towel back. <laughs> so, thank you, Porkchop. Thank, Th- thank you, Porkchop. Very courteous young man. Yeah, did uh, you, uh, you want to keep the towel? Oh, no, we threw it out. That's smart. <laughs> Completely disgusting. Do we, do we think someone dies every year um, in both the Tour de France and Yadidero? No. 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 Uh, the 
What do the Tour de France and the Iditarod share in common? Uh, it's actually that they're both a race. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lie? Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> I will consider how to allot points for that answer. And in the meantime, the qu- we answered the question. We answered the question, Spencer. <laughs> well, the answer is both events celebrate the loser. Whoever comes in last place receives the Red Lantern Award. The idea is taken from railroad days when the caboose would hang a red lantern on the end car to indicate the end. Sounds like red. But they're Sounds both like it's definitely a race. <laughs> and I do have to admit, they are definitely both a race. So that means the uh, Red Lantern Award is going to ha ha wee wee bon bon because our winners are Eiffel Tower are hardly newer. 52 to 47. Congratulations. I want to thank both teams and everyone in the audience and everyone at home. Thank you very much and have a good night. Thank you, Pork Chop. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week... Travis Donahue can be heard on the Riverside Falls podcast right here on Arcade Audio. Johnny O'Mara co-hosts the podcast Dilettante Ball, which can also be found on Arcade Audio. Ashley Victoria can be seen performing improv, sketch, stand-up, and storytelling all over Chicago at places like Comedy Sports, I.O., and The Annoyance. Jason We Met performs at the Crowd Theater with the house team Cozy. You can check out the Crowd's house team night every Friday at 10 p.m. Madison Kirby can be seen performing with her improv team, Chunky Puppies. And as always, Same It to Mimi can be found all around Chicago, performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.